You're listening to Around Comics, episode 149. Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic book roundtable. I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm Brian Salazar. And I'm Scotty Young eating delicious pie brought to us by Michael Norton and it's lemon pie. I'm Mustache Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is Mustache Jones? Fuck you! Tell Fuck oh, you! Oh, sorry, Mustache. <laughs> yeah. I've said that three times now <laughs> and still get to laugh every time. <laughs> How's that um, for re-listenability? Well, <laughs> welcome to our uh, welcome to our Club of the Month Club episode. Just call it the session. club. I, you know, okay. It's a club. I'm, it's I'm, our club. I'm Tom, I'm... Edutainment. Kind of, you guys want the, the Around Center? Comics Edutainment Center? It's kind of long, don't you think? That's kind of a long oh, name. Like it's longer than Club of the Month. No, club. I'm not saying I want Club of the Month Club. I'm just saying it was a long. EC Edutainment Center for people in the ACEC? know. ACEC. 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 That's gay. Uh, ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Chris moved it from like that's not a good name to that name that's actually gay. sucks cock. <laughs> ACDC. We'll call it Ace Around Comics Discussion <laughs> Center. Center, yeah. Club. <laughs> Discussion <laughs> Club. Discussion Club. ACDC. Not affiliated with the band at all. Please don't send us any letters. I'm leaning, I'm leaning more towards club every moment we talk the club. about. The club. The club. The club. Around club. Sounds like a porno site, though. <laughs> That's cool. I like yeah. that. If you subscribe to the club, you'll subscribe to our ten other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> For 1995 a month. Milf, milf Club. Uh, well, anyway, the, if you folks uh, don't already know, we <clears throat> with the relaunch of the, of the show, Shows. Oh, yeah. we, we came up with the concept of each month one of us would pick a movie, a trade, and a CD. Yes, and have the rest of the panel and you, the listening audience, that, uh, yes. uh, get down audience on it, and, all three, and, of you. and get exposed to hopefully some new fun stuff. Go to town on it, and uh, and crazy. this month's selection was Scotty's. Mm-hmm. And Scotty, what will we be talking about on the show this evening? My selections. Well, do you, you want to just go like one off, like well, one by I, one, I or just, just read them off? Just go ahead, read them off, and then we need to uh, do, do our intro. Okay. Stuff. The Witching Hour by Chris Pacello and uh, Jeff Loeb, and uh, Open Range with Kevin Costner in that bidding, and Robert Duvall and Clutch Blast Tyrant were my uh, club picks. And we we certainly want to uh, to mention a couple things here before we get into our discussion. Um, first of all, uh, Around Comics is recorded every Friday at seven o'clock at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, uh-huh. it's located at forty eight thirty five Northwestern <coughs> Avenue in Chicago. Please drop by and say hello if you are in the hello. Uh, and this episode of Around Comics and the the uh, uh, the club. Edutainment book of the month, whatever. Not affiliated with the band. (laughs) The 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 trade paperback selection was sponsored by InStockTrades.com. 
InStockTrades.com is offering this month's reading selection, The Witching Hour, to around comics listeners for an amazing 40% off the cover price. Get your copy today for only eleven ninety seven. Does this still apply? Uh, it will. Well, people might not listen to the, you know. Yes. Uh, sure. Well, well the, the addition, and Cameron gave an additional discount on that. It was uh, a drop from 35 to 40% off for the for the um, club selection. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. It's your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essential showcases, archive editions, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more, all at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 ship for free. InStockTrades.com. Thank you. Give me my books. Give me, give me my books. Give me my books. <laughs> and uh, we'll have our, our selections for the the next month at the end of the show. I don't know uh, what they are, and I'm excited. I want to pick pick. a comic book, music, and movie that are all the same. I have to find one that is... (laughs) All I got to say... The soundtrack to a movie that was (laughs) based on a comic. (laughs) Blues Blues Brothers, the comic, the movie, and the soundtrack. There's no comic Blues Brothers. There has to have been a Blues Brothers comic at some point. All right. Everybody thought of Clutch, Blast Tyrant, the album Blast Tyrant from Clutch. Clutch. What'd you guys think? Um, Sal, you go. I really liked it. Well, uh, uh, I really liked it. I uh, it's right up my alley, sort of southern rock meets metal, sort of. Uh, That's thing. how you roll. That's how I roll. Yeah. Um, it, it actually listening to it, I was like, wow, you know, I wish there were more bands like that because I'd probably buy more music. Yeah. Because I don't. There's just not that much music that I listen to. I grew up. That's the shit I listen to, yeah. you know. And so I really enjoyed it on on that level, and I really got a like a Sabbath, Black Sabbath uh-huh. kind of vibe for it. Um, lyrically, it was interesting. I uh, I mean, I'm not really a music guy right. in the first place. I mean, it's to me, it's always sort of background noise almost. I'm not just I'm just not that it's into background music. To you right. rocking? Yeah, well, you know, put something on while I rock. So, but I, you know, with the, the you know, Daddy, obviously with the club, I was trying to. Get in there. Get into it, you know, and kind of really listen. I think musically they're really talented. I mean, mm-hmm. they do some really very cool uh, changes and right. pacing stuff and everything. But lyrically, I was a little... Uh, Don't stop the I liked it, but it was like... I got the feeling sort of like every, like every line was just written for that line. You know what I mean? It's like just the effect of that line. Yeah. Well, I'll get to this because my comparison actually deals with this. Um, As opposed to any sort of like... Like, I didn't feel any type of like cohesiveness with the lyrics throughout the song. Right. You know, it was just like kind of, uh, what can I put here... Sure. That... 
And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it was I, I enjoyed the album, right. but that was sort of the only thing that um, I kind of... I, not, not that I even didn't enjoy it, but it's just sort of something you I You were noticed. looking for a lot of meaning. Well, not I mean, you, no, not that you were wanting it, but maybe <clears throat> seeing if there was meaning and didn't find yeah, a lot Yeah, I didn't really right. find a whole lot of meaning. And, and, and it was just something about sort of like how... Because he does like clever things mm-hmm. with the lyrics, and and there's some funny stuff in there and everything. But it was it was like it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Right. A lot of the song. I mean, I didn't really like get anything from right. the songs lyrically. I mean, other than just sort of it's a rock and song. But um, so yeah, over, like I said, overall, I mean, I really enjoyed it because it, I think it is one of those you know. I think lyrically, he just paints like. I don't listen to that many that much music where somebody lyrically can make me see pictures of stuff. And he like doing what you're talking about where he's just saying a line, he will craft a line that always makes me see some kind of an image and it's usually some kind of funny weird twisted southern image like you know with the <laughs> talking about the it with the shotgun yeah like the shotgun and the right. in the back of the jacked up ford and you yeah. know just stuff like that where it's like almost just odd southern rock poetry where it's not necessarily about anything but just giving us and then there's probably a lot of meaning there that I didn't I don't pay attention to or I'm not really looking for cuz I just think it's like fun music yeah well that's what it is i mean yeah, yeah. that's i don't think you can look at it Real deeply, I mean, it's right. just is just good, good rocking, yeah. you know, fun just stuff. And, well, then what? And, uh, Chris, I decided that it was very good to clean your house and paint your bedroom too. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I thought it was good to fuck to yeah. myself. That's why they went No, I, 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 uh, I washed my car. <laughs> no, I was painting, painting around the the house last week. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, no, enjoy. I, I I love Southern rock. It's right. probably a little bit more amped up than what I usually listen to. Sure, I'm more of a uh, you know more of a you know, redneck uh, you know country. Johnny Cage, right? Uh, Johnny Paycheck. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's it, but I but I like the it, I like the the kind of Molly Hatchet Southern mm-hmm. rock flair to it. Uh, yeah, good to, good to clean your house too. I enjoyed it. <laughs> good to clean your house too. Tom Caters, <laughs> I loved it. You know, the funny thing was when you say the the thing about when Saul said um, about crafting a line solely for the purpose of the line. Mm-hmm. What it reminded me a lot of was one of my favorite authors, and I know someone is gonna give me shit about this, but it reminds me a lot of most of the stuff that Oscar Wilde. Does where Oscar Wilde only really wrote one huge long thing that ever made sense. All he's known for is his like one line quotes that are very clever and right. are very like like hmm isn't that oh interesting right you almost know, like Arnold anecdote Arnold? yeah like very short very like distinct little bits to it which I think are extremely entertaining which is what I thought Clutch was right you know, I, I, my favorite songs on the album I love like The Mob Goes Wild mm-hmm. and I love um, Prophets of Doom Prophets of Doom yeah, is well, awesome they have like <laughs> never trust a white man yeah. driving a black man <laughs> yeah I mean there's the very there isn't overall necessarily like a narrative where there's like a beginning or the end of the story but I appreciate and the fact of like the very sort of clever little turns of phrase because I think that's like a very hard thing to do in writing and like music is mm-hmm. to like really get like a really catchy turn of phrase and I also loved the melodies in the songs I thought it sort of also reminded me a little bit of the first time I listened to it 
I didn't pick up on everything the first time, and it reminded me of the first time when I was like in high school, and my uh, friend's older sister had me listen to Jesus and Mary Chain, and it just sounded like fucking noise. Right. You know. Yeah. It would punch you in the face. No, but I loved it. No, but I loved it. But the first time you listen to it, you don't pick up. You pick up bass and drums and right. you don't pick up melody the first time you listen to it the staccato of, yeah. of the vocals on in clutch is always interesting the way it's like sometimes he's got one of the catchiest voices yeah. oh yeah and it's know? very clear you can hear what he's saying he enunciates yeah. everything yeah. like it's not hard to understand it's not like a, a metal band where you the voice is just another instrument right. that's just saying words like a guitar or that's a drum. why yeah. that's why it was like I was kind of. That's why I brought up the whole thing with the leaders because it, it could have been like any other band where it was just an, like you said, like another instrument. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It was more than that, but not quite. Not what you wanted. Quite not the next step beyond. Yeah, that. and and like I said, it, I, I found it extremely entertaining. But it was just there was something yeah. about it where like you know the next album after Blast Tyrant actually addresses that exactly what you're talking about. Like almost every song I think on Robot Hive Exodus is. A storytelling song where there's a point to it. Like right. But I also really it. dug uh, when I listened to it musically. I heard a lot of I heard like funk. I heard like there was some acoustic stuff. Mm-hmm. There, uh, there was a lot of psychedelia to me. Which yeah. Just like the fact that for a metal band or like a southern rock band, there was a lot of very circular guitar. You know, there wasn't a lot of like boom, 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 yeah, boom, right. boom You know, well, constant yeah, over and over again. And Clutch is a band that, that hasn't been afraid to change their style, and yeah. and, and almost to the you know, uh, I don't want to say detriment of their popularity, but I think that they've they've alienated certain groups of their fans by by changing. But but they, I think, but, it, but they're not going to let that get right. in the way of them. Well, I think it, in a way, I mean, their original style only lasted for kind of a a few albums, uh, and. Their fan base has grown so much past what their fan base was at that point that I don't believe. I mean, there's always going to be people that prefer that, and it's usually younger people. Well, I mean, because uh, when I was younger, I probably would have preferred the metal side of Clutch, and now I prefer this side of Clutch. That's like a chill uh, jam side. style rock band. Well, see, the thing though I appreciate though is. Um, it doesn't have too much of the jam style thing of where songs sort of meander off into right. areas that don't lead anywhere. It's not anywhere. like a 12-minute song. Yeah, like the song, it, it's a good, like, solid album where it has 13 songs that last about four minutes apiece. They right. don't, like, dick around with, sure. like, we're now, we're at the end, we're going to do our 12-minute right. finish to this. <laughs> you know, really at the beginning, the the first song, Mercury, is, like, really the only time where, like, they have sort of an indulgence into mm-hmm. that is, like, because the first half of the song is a bit of like feedback and all that, but then they get into like lyrical, you know, and they get into all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, but they only really do that for like a minute. They don't like make you sit through 15 minutes sure. of like feedback. And, and like, funny all enough, sound. that like that first song, each time I listen to it, I'm like, it seems it's like I wanted that song to be longer. It was like they got to that point where it was like, you know, and they just started doing the weird noise, and I'm like, no, don't stop that song. (laughs) The thing that I think that uh, Clutch does well on all albums, uh, and especially this one, is they do the ramp up to the fucking payoff of every song, where it's, you know, nice little verse, and then before the chorus comes in, they really know how to. They have nice choruses, too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and that's the thing, is like, you have to, if you're going to build your songs up to that point, you have to have. You have to have an actual payoff that's worth it, which yeah. is, you know, having a melody and having something that you can remember, yeah. you know, when you and get it not, to it. And it's good that, like, I, I find them to be a band that 
Because usually when somebody says something like, oh, like, it's catchy, it's usually because it's so simple. And Clutch, to me, always finds a way to not only have a simple, catchy chorus or hook lyrically yeah. and musically, but it's also creative in what he's, yeah. like, what, he, what he's saying. He's thought about, it's not just like, yeah, yeah, let's rock. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, let's rock. You know, it's, he's coming up, like, it, it's the closest to me that I can find to be, like, poetry in a way for that kind of music where he's really sitting there crafting yeah. but it also has a great sense of humor I mean it's yeah, all yes. it's all ba- it's not like a serious like oh woe is the world type of thing like even when they're talking about going to Canada and, yeah. you know like it's a joke you know yeah. it's sort of which I sort of enjoy because one of the things I hate is when a band gets too Take themselves too seriously. They start taking themselves too seriously, (laughs) and they sort of start getting like too high and mighty. So I really appreciate the fact that even though it's clever, it's clever but funny. It's not clever like look how much smarter we are than you. Yeah, yeah, it's not Maynard where it's like we went to art school and we've sold a lot of albums, and now we're now we're irreverent. Yeah, you know I am than you. It's not that. It's like it's like we are a band that has made most of our fans, most of our money, and most of our career spent on the road having fun. Interacting with crowds, and this will be even funnier when we get to my pick because my pick probably could not be any more opposite from Clutch. But I really, I loved, I loved it. I've it never heard any awesome. Clutch. Be, uh, I there was a bar in Madison actually, the Paradise Club that used to have a dollar twenty-five mixed drinks on Tuesdays that I used to go to all the time, and they used to play Clutch, and I did not realize this that it was Clutch. until I was at my apartment and I was listening to it, and then I was at a Halloween party. And I was talking about Clutch, and someone was like, you know, they used to play Clutch at uh, the Paradise. And I was like, I sur- but it was the early albums, and I sort of recognized the voice, but the right. sound wasn't the same. Right. But all of a sudden I was like, oh, that makes sense, because I, re- I could remember the voice, but I was like, I've heard this right. voice before, but this music doesn't match the voice. For so go to the Paradise Club. Yeah, for anybody who <laughs> did like this album, I will say that you can probably buy any of Clutch's like last six albums... And you will not. While they very, cha- you know, they change up and and add different flavors to each album. To me, there's not a bad song on any of. I mean, it's the first band, weirdly enough, that every album of the, like I said, like their last six albums, I enjoy every single often, track uh, on every single album. How often do they come out with stuff? Like how uh, six albums? What sort of time um, frame? Their is last that two of? albums came out maybe three years apart. Okay. Uh, are think, they like a year and a half apart band? Like, do they maybe a little longer? Because they, they were doing a, like a year, like each year almost. They I think for a while they yeah. were. I know, like from Beagle Street to Oblivion, which is their last one, and then the Robot Hive Exodus, which is the one before that, was about three years. Right. Yeah. Um, or you know, maybe a little less than that, but around that, uh, they spend a lot of time on the road. Ironically enough, they're playing tonight. Uh, tonight here at the Riv. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But we were we wanted to, we were going to go see him, but uh, <laughs> very but they're opening yeah. for Coed and Cambria, and I didn't want any piece of that. And I've, I, uh, in preparing for this, I went online and read some reviews of the album. I wanted yeah. to see what other people. What, yeah. What, 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 what was other guy? people? What was um, it, it was it varied. I mean, you had people that were, and we we can't even t- touch on it. It's like. Anybody that was was already a Clutch fan mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah. Um, and then there were people that didn't, you know, it, obviously just not their style of music. Sure. The, the comments were generally like any negative stuff was, you know, it's, oh, it's stoner rock. Yeah. It's, there's there's nothing original. There's nothing, you know, that kind of thing. But then the, the, like, the people that were like, oh, I've, I, I like Clutch I, and I wish they, I always wish Clutch was... A uh, little something different, and now they are. You know what I mean? It's like they're they're still doing what they wanted to do, 
and what I've always loved, but now they've just done a little something different, a little something better for me yeah. on this album, that kind of thing. For me, there's nothing wrong with a band, like, because I've run across the same thing where people liked what they were before, and well, I truly, uh, and this is just my opinion, and I could be full of shit, but Clutch's early albums, when they were very young, um, a, they were playing the music that was big at that time because they, they were young and they were angsty and, and their sure. music reflected that. And partially, uh, I don't think Neil was nearly as good a singer as he has become over the years. So he could he sang to what he was capable of singing, which just ended up being a lot of yelling. Right. And uh, I think over the years, the band has gotten better. Their, their skill level has raised. And there's nothing wrong with a band... When when people say, oh, they're not doing anything new, well, there's nothing wrong with a band just being a part of the musical wheel of great rock Yeah, not everybody's going to be groundbreaking. Yeah, not every band know. has to go to the lab and try right. to cook up some, because guess what? You can't really. And when you try to, you'd end up being the new Pusifer album from Maynard <laughs> that sounds like bitch shit. I did, you know? I did hear a lot, or read a lot of um, comparisons to... Um, uh, Jesus, now I can't. Crozier Conformity? No, no, no. Uh, Dave uh, Windorf's band, uh, Monster, Monster Magnet. Monster Magnet. Heard a yeah, lot I could see that a little bit. Rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think lyrically a little different though. Yeah. Lyrically, well, I think musically a lot different. I mean, I don't. I think that they. Uh, I mean, they were. I think they've been on the scene around. I mean, they're kind of at that same level of like they got their core fan base. Right. And uh, but I mean, I find the two bands very different. I could see where people. Would, kind of put them know. together, but I find Clutch uh, they sort of fall uh, more psychedelic and just the everything's so circular in the songs. Mm-hmm. Everything is much more, you know, all the guitar lines are just like over and over, right. and, but not like in a, you know, a bad way. No, in a kick no. ass way. Yeah, well, I'm open glad, range. Just yeah, I'm glad everybody enjoyed. Kicking. I'm yeah. glad everybody enjoyed the album because I was iffy on. It. I mean, I it, uh, Clutch is that band that people either they're like. Yeah, whatever. Or they really, really love it. There's so. nothing wrong with just uh, kicking ass. Yeah. yeah. They, you yeah. Know. Speaking of kicking ass. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost certain they'll be overly confident in their numbers. Especially if we're standing right out here in front of them. It's not like we'll have any advantage, but if they're out there with us, then they won't have as much as they might have otherwise. Now, I don't figure all of them to be killers. Maybe only two or three like Butler will have done much of it. I'll be looking at him. The others will be hired men, probably. Saddle champs, maybe ex-army. The rest will be cowpunchers. They won't want to line up in front of us. It'll happen fast once I start, so just keep yourself moving forward. They'll either move or root, maybe even freeze up. It don't matter which. You can just start right in on them with that scatter gun. Done both barrels, just drop it where you stand, pull your pistol, and make a run for that building where we stash them others. I'll be trying to do the same if I can. Sounds like you got it all worked out. Yeah, except the part where we don't get killed. <laughs> All right, so now we're on to open range. So well, let's open hear range the movie. Let's hear what some people. Tom, let's start with you this time. Yeah, start time. with Tom. I see, I Tom really, hadn't seen it before. Like, right. Who hasn't seen it? I had not seen it. Chris and Tom. We'll start with uh, Chris and Tom because yeah, they have not. Yeah, multiple we times. multiple times. I had really enjoyed it, and I I had I had to say I was a bit apprehensive beforehand because I have, you know, I have the same trepidations everyone else has with Kevin Costner movies where. You know, they're a bit self-aggrandizing, and, you know, the main characters are always, like, super, like, 
angsty yet figure out a way to like make things work you know you know like postman or water world you hey, know hey. such damaged people <laughs> hey. you know but uh I, I love I, I loved you know fixing I, those pictures and yeah Durham. yeah a little bit of that there's a little bit of that in there but uh open range open range I loved uh I thought it was perhaps a little just a tad long but it didn't ruin the movie for me at all it has perhaps one of the best gunfight scenes Isn't it awesome in a fucking movie I have ever seen because it's so random and not perfect and like, also the I loved the love story between him I hated when I was like oh Kevin Costner's gonna sleep Kevin Costner's gonna sleep with this guy's wife and that's yeah. where the moral thing's gonna that's mm-hmm. the moral and I was just like god that's so fucking trite yep. like what a horrible western like oh he's but it was sort of nice to have a movie where it was like the reveal was well, that that's like, my sister yeah you know that was I thought that was kind of okay in a movie to have that happen yeah. because I'm so sick of westerns where like everyone you know it, yeah, yeah. it was nice to see Kevin Costner who was such a damaged character in that movie have like a moment where like he was allowed not to be an asshole because mm-hmm. the whole movie is based upon the fact that his entire life and his life story is based on the fact that he's like never allowed not to be like a killer. Yeah, he's had or to be taking someone yeah, yeah, over, yeah. and finally one opportunity in his entire life <clears throat> where he gets to do like the right thing, both mm-hmm. in fighting the sheriff and in like having a relationship with that you know with Annette Benning, who mm-hmm. well, for an older woman I would have done. Yeah, she's <laughs> very beautiful. Very beautiful. Woman. But, oh, yeah. I mean the the whole to me the whole crux of the end of that movie is like he has a choice of whether he can just walk away from her, you know. Mm-hmm. The perfect opportunity for him to finally have a life outside of just being an asshole or a loner or being outside of society. But he doesn't you know, he chooses to sort of enter society, just like Robert Duvall does. Mm-hmm. They both say, you know, this we made our stand, we did what we thought was right, now let's Well, I think they, they both kind of realized that, that as much as they wanted to hold on to it, the world had started to pass them by. Yeah. What, the, what they did yeah. was, the world wasn't the place for yeah. that anymore. They right. weren't going to be free rangers. The, the relationship between... Robert Duvall and Kevin Costner to me. Robert Duvall was amazing. Yeah. Robert Duvall yeah. was this. The relationship between those two to me was so incredible because it was like anybody who's had a lifelong friend or a friend for 10 plus years. Or a dad. Yeah. Understands that <laughs> relationship that lives. it's like the way that they. Had him bicker about stupid things like <laughs> they were an old married couple. Yeah, but you know the thing to me that, that really struck to me is that like I can identify with the fact that you have someone who's like a father figure to you, and you live every day with them for like years and years and years, and all of a sudden they tell you something that completely blows your mind. Their real name? Oh yeah, or like <laughs> I was once married. You yeah. know, but I imagine my own relationship with my own father. Right. Like my father obviously has things in his life he's never told me. Sure. Like my father could obviously tell me something that would just blow my mind. You know. Right. And that's how crazy those types of relationships are, where you get really comfortable, and then all of a sudden you're in a situation where, you know, you have to express. Right. You know, there may reality. not be a tomorrow, so, yeah, so I need to tell this person. But this I, yeah, I liked how real. I liked how they. F- it, it, it seems like everything in that movie they they filmed in a way so differently than every other movie approaches. Every other movie focuses on the most important moments of things and the big parts of things. And this one, like the relationship for them, they always focused on their weird little bickering about 
nothing like walking across the board yeah. or like a teacup <laughs> or mud on the carpet like it was like well they focus on yeah, and even then when moment. they get to the gunfight they're it's like again it wasn't like this okay corral of like this crazy action but the thing is you'd never see a gunfight in that movie every single bit of violence that happens in that movie up until that gunfight is off screen mm-hmm. you see what happens after mm-hmm. right a gunfight, you see what happens after someone gets the shit beat out of right. them. You don't see a real fight. Any you know, vi- real violence in, in it. That you oh, see I don't know. Whenever, whenever they found him in the, in the camp before before they... Uh, yeah, well... No, but you, did, but yeah. you didn't see the actual You see a event. little bit. You see yeah, them, I mean, well, when they find the guys who are going to come, you know, attack Oh, yeah, them, yeah. They do a little bit, but you don't see a gunfight yeah. until... The gunfight. The gunfight. My, my, my favorite moment of violence in the in the movie. I know what you're gonna say. No, it better be. <laughs> no, that's, I was talking. My, my favorite scene is. It's when, everyone's favorite. Is when, is when Costner <laughs> pops the pops the guy in the forehead. Oh, of course. But no, 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 no my, fav- my favorite moment of violence is when Kevin Costner um, smashes the. Uh, uh, the beer mug up against the barkeeper's uh, um, ear by when throwing it. By it down, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was well, actually, I did like too when Costner uh, popped what's his name, um, the kid that he caught cheating. Oh yeah, he oh, knocked Diego him off the horse. He knocked him off the horse. Yeah. That was fantastic. Diego Lulon was pretty good in yeah. that movie too. It's just like button. But, button. Yeah, button. That's what it was. Uh, also, one of the great things about the movie is that they take all these cliches. One of the things I really liked is they're. There are a lot of Western cliches. Yeah, the gunfight was the perfect cliche yeah, the that perfect, they broke. Yeah, like, I'm the loner who's an awesome gunfighter who walks into town, takes that cliche and doesn't make it trite. You know, somehow finds a way to, like, mm-hmm. still make it okay to mm-hmm. watch without yeah. immediately being like, ah, oh, this Well, is look how slow they all... I mean, it, yeah. you always watch a movie in a gunfighter Western, it seems like everybody all of a sudden has superhuman speeds and they could jump and run and really fast, and this one's like... Completely in an open field yeah. with old men, right? Walking and running at old man speed, yeah. just kind of fumbling around with rickety guns, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of just like, and everybody's scared. And well, even the just, idea of the, of like Kevin Costner planning the fight right. out beforehand, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we're gonna plant some guns in the barn. We're right. gonna, you know, I mean, this is what we're gonna, and <sighs> sort of, you know, it's like I, I love the moment of. When it became, you know, Robert Duvall was the mentor in that in the movie and his father figure. But then when it came to that moment, those roles reversed because Duvall, yeah, you had to teach him how to how to. Duvall, I love the fact fight. that everyone in the town left the town. Yeah, I love that. Like they got out of, out of town. town. Get the hell out of that. You we only have the ten buildings, the and you're going to yeah. shoot yeah. the shit out of it. Like go up on the hill. By uh, the what was the what was the horse? The stable keeper's name. Oh, uh, uh, he died right yeah, after they, he was dying yeah. while, while filming were, that movie. Yeah. Oh wow, um, okay. the whole time he but was great too. He's he a goes, great clip. He said, "What did you do?" What he goes, "What he said." This my ankle got over there. I got all hopped up on those Cubans. The fact that that Cuban movie got me all hopped up. On the, the, um, my last thing I'll say about the movie is the thing I loved is the scene when they're in the general store and he buys the cigars and the chocolate. Yeah. You know, just because what not a lot of movies would focus necessarily. Yeah. They take him get minutes. some whiskey yeah. and smoke a cigar. But the fact that he's sitting there, like, r- before he thinks he's going to die, and goes, I'm going to eat some no, chocolate, well, <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to smoke some cigars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got a sweet tooth. Yeah. yeah. Um, how did Robert Duvall live through the last part of the gunfight? I didn't understand that. Well, it's movie magic. 
Uh, the human body is a lot tougher than the movies yeah. make us believe. You can get shot and live, especially if you get got gut- shot nine times. What the, the guy <laughs> from how it was filmed, it would appear that Robert Duvall got shot like five times at almost point blank well, range. You could be shot. I mean, I, only I mean, caught him first and off, and walked once. away. Yeah, I just did once. Yeah, I don't think he got Maybe shot five twice. times. Yeah, I don't think five. I think you were. We must may have. We may have to roll the tape. All right, what's, uh, tape, you had something t- else that you wanted to talk about that you... You didn't like the... Yeah, you <sighs> didn't care I loved that. the moments in between. I loved the way that it was shot. I liked the story. The relationship between Kevin Costner yeah. and Annette Benning seemed a little bit forced. You really? know, relationship for relationship's sake. I just... <sighs> See, I loved the, 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 I loved they, the relationship. They, they roll into town and... They meet, but under very hurried circumstances of, you know, she and her brother have to help patch this person up. So there's probably like 30, 40 seconds of them actually seeing each other. And then it's like the next day there's, you know, he can't get her out of his mind. You don't know what her frame of mind is, but it's like this kind of like add water for instant Love affair. I think when um, I I think if this movie was set in today, I would I would have the exact same thoughts as yes. you. But for a movie set then, for a group of guys that, especially cattlemen who roam in the middle of nowhere for months and months on end without yeah. seeing s- civilization. Yeah. Um, yeah. purposely staying outside of civilization, yeah. you get to a place where you find an attractive woman, especially when you're talking about somebody in their early 40s, a woman in that time. Not a spring chicken. Yeah. Um, at that time, you know, girls and guys, they're married at 17, 18 years though. old, early, younger. Uh, I think that your psyche's. A, I mean, I can't know, none of us lived back then, but they, I get, they guarantee ne- you're... They never, and, and maybe I need to be a little bit hand-fed for this, but mm-hmm. they never established that this was really a a, a magic love at first sight I don't moment. Think, I don't think it was supposed to be. I think it was a thing, and you even learn. I think well, that they talks, hinted that that you actually she does talk about will learn to love each other in a way. Like, there's something about you that I want to marry you, but I don't, I never felt like they both were like, I'm goo goo gaga over you. There, I, there was she, never intense passion. She talks about the fact that, like, she's older, yeah. and she never met anyone and you live in a small town and that's sort of yeah i bet they get divorced in the sequel yeah (laughs) in closed range i I took away i mean i took away from the relationship the same thing you did to me it was not having not really knowing but it seemed indicative of the time period more than anything else that it, it she is an older woman that like you said lived in a small town her entire life uh, grew up, you know, with her brother, basically working with her brother, and who's and a taking doctor? Care, who's a doctor? <laughs> taking Try care to live of people. Up to that suitors, and <laughs> she has, uh, you know, she has this very brief moment with someone, and for whatever reason, uh, and 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 they never, and and I think the reason it worked is because they never showed it like. You said they weren't like crazy. Yeah, I'm you know gonna change everything in my life to be with you in love. It was just something. Like here, you are moment. It was this. It was this moment, and they both were. Well, think about they both had gone through their entire lives without. And his life was terrible as well. I mean, he spent his life in war, killing people. I have to say, the only part that I sort of giggled at myself is when he was like, "I was a part of an elite. I was a part of an elite army group." 
Like, as soon as anyone says that, I'm always like, (laughs) a little bit to myself. I was like, and it was fine if they would have just taken those, if they wouldn't have said it like that. Like that. Happens every time. Anyone's like, I was a member of a neat army group. I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) when uh, I did love when they when they went in to the to the police station and. Uh, rallied Robert up the dudes and oh. like put Cal- the chloroform. Oh, yeah, 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 that was that was just funny because like even then it's not like uh, every other western or any kind of movie you always see. It's like whenever anybody decides to do some shady physical shit like that, it's all of a sudden like it's innate in them to know how to do it. And, right. And and this made them look like oh, we've never really chloroformed <laughs> anybody before. No, we're gonna give it a shot. Yeah, and it's just. It, I think the beauty of that movie lies in the fumbling around of everybody. Yeah. Like, everybody has this facade, like, the, especially the, the cops. and the, everybody, Hard ass. Everybody has the they facade really of badass, but everybody's a, the same. No, nobody Douchebag. knows what they're doing. <laughs> well, that's, and I think that's what... It, yeah, it, 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 Tom, you had mentioned before, it walks this amazing line of all the classic sort of tropes from Westerns, and using all of them... But like I said, and doing it in a way, though, that it made it okay, that it wasn't, you know, and I think that's why, because yeah. they they made the characters so much more human, Yeah. So, so that when they were in those sort of classic situations, it didn't seem cheap. Right. You know, it, it, it made more sense. Um, I mean, it, it, you look at it compared to a lot of just older westerns, and it's very much... Like a million westerns that have mm-hmm. been done before, but it's that character flaws that makes it different. Yeah, different. That, well, and and the moments in between. It was, and that's what a lot of the movie was Memory. about. It was about the moments yeah. in between. I mean, it for was, me, this the the. I mean, just the Duval Costner relationship the whole time. I mean, their just their dialogue back and forth to me just did it for me. Maybe I mean, one no. of my favorite Robert Duval performances. Yeah, he yeah. was just amazing. He's oh, amazing. and whenever they shot the dog, I was. Pit. A little. <laughs> I, about I had a movie, moment. Like Western cliche. Like he's already pissed. His friends got shot, and he's like, yeah. "You shot my fucking dog." Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that's uh, that's the funny thing about Kevin Costner's character is like very quiet, very quiet, and they they showed more moments of him being sort of sensitive and caring, right? Than being this killer guy, you know, this killer, you know, uh, gunfighter, right? Yet. He didn't. You die knew from, from the an beginning for the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, there there were a lot of moments of confusion, and if not confusion, then um, deliberation of should I do this? Should I not do this? You you would catch those, and and he plays that better than just about any other actor. Confused. Of, of I'm going to go left. <laughs> no, Keanu uh, Reeves go right. does confused. Really <laughs> well, it's because yeah. he is. What? I did love the Whoa. scene when they were uh, walking across. My it was just the, the weird, like said, yeah, the weird stuff that they chose to show. Like it's raining outside, and it floods because it there's floods, no fucking the, yeah, plumbing, no sidewalks, yeah. and shit like that. And and then it's like a five minute scene of them trying to figure out how not to get it, like to stay as dry as possible. They're like <laughs> fumbling around with a plank, yeah. trying to walk across a plank, and of course they get soaking wet. And then they try. There's everything about yeah. it, all the little subtle things that they chose How to focus on. How much it on. must have sucked to live back then, because you're obviously constantly soaking wet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Smell bad, soaking yeah, rain, wet. Rain and... actually played a big part in, this, mm-hmm. in, in the movie. Beautifully shot movie. Oh, yeah. The, Beautifully I mean, shot yeah. movie. For people that don't know, it was like completely made outside of the Hollywood system. No studios involved. It was filmed in Alberta, a lot mm-hmm. of it, I, I believe, yeah. from watching the credits. <sighs> the credits. But, uh, all right. Good Western. Good. I'm glad everybody enjoyed that. I 
right. Now let's get I, to the I thing that we all are kind of, eh. Yeah. <laughs> We're all like, <laughs> all right. Hey, the, what are you doing with my book? The bitch? Witching Hour. Bend your own the Witching train. Hour. Let's begin. All the right. Witching Hour. Uh, oh, first real quick. First of all, th- thank you to um, um, Cameron, Cameron and, yes. and Sunshine for thank you. sending us copies. I'll say, I'll say right off the bat real quick is a few of the things for choosing this was, A, it was a confined story. There's no trades that follow it. Um, it's a book that I love the art. I don't hate the story and I don't love the story. And I thought that's a perfect book for everybody to have some sort of opinion on. Yeah. So, um, begin. Okay. Uh, I thought both artistically and in the writing, there were moments of brilliance mm-hmm. in it. But then there were all, it, just like the entire sort of story as a whole was so sort of disjointed choppy yeah and and there wasn't i mean i liked the atmosphere they set mm-hmm. with it because you had sort of yeah. the, the the flashbacks I felt like it should have gone on longer I felt well like that's it, when i got finished with it i was like it was prologue it was like yeah that was a good setup now i want the rest of the story kind of thing but there were some uh, um just fantastic i mean artistically it was great there's great stuff i do have sometimes problems with Bacello's art I can't tell sometimes what's going on. Mm-hmm. There's moments where I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be looking at. Uh, and with the story itself, there were times where I wasn't sure what I was reading. You know, mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, there's just moments where like it didn't make sense. The story is set up so that you know you have all these sort of uh, unrelated events going on, and then in the end, they all tie well, together. Well, there's like the group of Wiccans, right? Yeah. Uh, coded by color or whatever. The group of Wiccans, yeah. and obviously. It's almost like um, they, pl- it's like they go around giving people choices yeah. to uh, almost fix their life if they want to. It's like right. it's your typical, and that's what I. Yeah. I it's Fantasy, your typical. You can go this route or this route. Right. Which are you going to pick? One route will send you on the path of of good, and your life will work the, the, out. The red pill or the blue pill? Yeah. So I mean, that's a that's an age old. That's Alice sure. in Wonderland. Type I thought shit. the weird thing though is I thought at times it was extremely overwritten. Like, there was twists that didn't really mm-hmm. need to happen in the story to continue the moment. Like, the thing to me that sort of bothered me is, like, looking at it, it was in three... It was divided up into three... It was three issues. There was, was three, three prestige, prestige issues. issues. And I sort of thought, like... I wish know, they would have just wrote it as its own thing, yeah, and, and you wouldn't have had to chop everything up so much. And I much. also thought, if you're going to chop it up, I was like, why don't... None of these... Some of the stories don't intertwine at all. There's no yeah. need to carry them over and you're through wait- an entire you're waiting, issue. You're waiting, waiting for them, for them to tie up, but they don't. Some of the stories don't intersect. And I was thinking, you know, it's a great, it's a great framing idea to how to tell a story. You could tell one of these stories in an issue. Mm-hmm. You don't need to spread it out over. You could have told th- one of the stories and the witch backstory in and each issue. Yeah, and then it would have kept going. But it was like. And then uh, the other thing that's sort of, you know, I, uh, to say ahead of time, I I loved the art. Mm. Um, I felt um, the weird thing was they introduced some characters like Red, who never find who, out her yeah. story. She know, yeah, she yeah, never, yeah, you just sort of she just shows up. She, she's <laughs> apparently very of, crazy. Yeah, but yeah. we don't really know. And it, when I got to the end, I was like, God, is this just a setup? Because I would think like that would be the next. Part of that story would be her. Uh, my prediction is DC and Vertigo wanted this to take off. I would think so because and it's a framing. Want, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's solely totally set up as being a perfect to me, frame yeah. for a story. This could have been a like I said, if they would have written 
if it was intended to be a graphic novel, take out a couple characters, a couple of the scenarios, and write it as its own graphic novel. Yeah. Because it was too choppy, or like we said with the issues, or this is a great like uh, magic version of Hundred Bullets to me. Like, yeah, I could see that. I it mean, like, it's, it's almost if like it's if they would have if this was set up and then they would have cleaned it. Honestly, if you probably would have given it, like, not... Because Jeff Loeb, to me, I, I think, can write really good at times, and then sometimes... There's parts just, of this that's written really well. Right. At times, though... Gray, I liked a lot of Gray's... I liked a lot of Gray's, what I he was talking about. I liked a lot of it, but at times it was just like, God damn, you know, like, stop right. talking over it. You know, like, <laughs> at times I felt like, God, you know, like, I know so much about his character, yet I don't see him doing He's anything. not doing anything. Yeah, or, you know, and then all of a sudden I see... And I also felt a weirdly betrayed by the fact at the end where White sort of twists the thing on the psychiatrist. And I don't really know why. I mean, just as from a guttural point of view from a reader, mm-hmm. like it got to the end and I felt a little... I felt... I don't mind being deceived as a reader, I guess, mm-hmm. but I I like a weird justification for it. Because I feel like if you're magical and then you go to the extra step of like portraying all this extra stuff like i need that other something else well, to make the only that reason yeah that he did that i mean he needed a he needed yeah. a reason for her to tell the witch backstory yeah i mean and so he put it in the psychiatrist and that's which why it felt a little, easy and that's why it felt a little like when i got to that i was like oh i was like well that's sort of yeah it's a little bit off to me but the weird thing is i the way i would describe this book is there's it's like a really well written story and well drawn that got thrown into a blender and someone threw like an extra thousand words into that book but that that means it's bad <laughs> yeah I know yeah it was like but at moments like I could pick out any like couple pages and be like oh that's pretty good if but I overall use one word to describe this book and I don't know, I feel like I'm butting in on your no comment. no, 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 no. Go ahead. would be masturbatory. <laughs> this book is very. Oh, see, I, didn't, I don't. I don't agree. I think so. I, I think this is totally that because I, I honestly, I still to this day don't know what the story is really about. And I, I think I could see the writing being a little bit. Yes, the right. It's like why don't I try and do this? Come up with this great elaborate story and then get Chris at his most experimental, where you're not going to understand anything that he's drawing. Wow, you think this is his most experimental? Well, you could That's call steampunk, crazy. which is the most unreadable. I know you wow. love that. But it's like I thought there was some this amazing was a, art st- I, I mean, think, oh, storytelling devices. I own all the single uh. issues and the trade. Uh. And I and so I I look at this and I'm like, wow, he's doing all this stuff with halftones and the blowing up stuff and I'm like, that's really cool. But it does but feel I no, but I thought there was I thought there was tossed in. I mean, it feels tossed in at times. Yeah, like it's it just, just like like the framing sequence at the beginning where you see the woman getting murdered and then at the end, by the time you get to the end, I was like, oh wait, I kind of saw this before, you but there's nothing in the story. But that he also, I mean, it's really yeah. overcomplicated. But it story. looks really the nice. framing. I don't, bl- I don't like him framing this beginning and this very end. Yeah, I don't blame him on being confusing. I blame. I mean, he still has to work for. Well, no, I mean, that visually, script, and that didn't make any sense to me no, from I'm a just, writing standpoint. I'm just saying overall story wise, right. like visually, it looked really cool. But by the time I got to the end, I was like, wait a second, did, did, was I supposed to remember what happened at the beginning right. of the story? Did you ever like, feel like? Any of the characters beyond maybe white, maybe gray, did you feel like any of the characters were given enough screen time for you to have any sort of interest or I wanted affection? I, I did want to know Brown. I wanted to know more about the kid. Who the fuck was Brown? The, the kid little that kid. The kid that was... That's black. Oh, black. Oh, black. I'm sorry. Black. 
Whoa! Damn! Jeez! I was like, God, did I miss something? Somebody's angry. Confusing. Um, Story's confusing. It's definitely. It's to me. It was uh, confusing, but I think. I mean, to me, it was. They wanted it to be to a certain degree. I don't think you were supposed to care about the characters. But I think I don't know. I think you were supposed to. I think they were supposed to be a certain amount of aloofness to those characters because they of who they are, of of. It, You're not you supposed to know everything about a mystical cult of Wiccans well, I didn't even that care. travel I didn't, through history I, I didn't even and care time. About the people that they were trying to help. It's like the 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 crack whore. That, well, you that, shouldn't care that, about that, them. They're all bad people. Well, no, <laughs> that story bothered me more than any of the other ones. I never had a reason to root for her. But the crazy thing with that story, though, is all the other stories you can kind of see where a character has to make a choice between, like, I choose this or that. Mm. And like, should that I get in a car with him and go to Vegas and leave this behind? Yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah. No, I'll choose to stay and <laughs> do the bad thing. But she's just like, I don't, am I rich? Or, and, and then at the end, I was like, what's the moral? Like, I was right. like... The, I didn't understand <laughs> hers at all. <laughs> I was like, no well, so the moral I, of her story I think was... She couldn't... I thought that the, that every part of the, like... The character stories, the the Wiccans. I, I thought everything start. was a great idea. I thought winter or uh, everything uh, was a great White. idea. I thought White was awesome. I, I yeah. really liked that. I character. thought it was all good ideas. And like I said, to me, it felt like if a, maybe a different writer would have taken this concept and then stretched it out or made it a big story, or, or cut, it could cut, have cut two or three of the stories out. Well, yeah, that's well, what th- I mean. there were times. I mean, it was just too many things thrown. Too many in. characters, too many plot lines going. And, and on. like the one, like the one thing I never, and maybe I just missed it, but like they seem to make a big deal of her case purse, mm-hmm. but then why? It turned out to be that. It turned out to be nothing really. I mean, it was like why did they spend so much well, time talking about her purse you know, and then never use it? It's like it'd be like if you took um, like a like a House of Mystery. You know, and the thing about House of Mystery, what's great is... really talk about that in the introduction, I think. Yeah, uh, it, Gene Simmons. The yeah. thing about House of Mystery was great. It was the fact that you could have tons of little stories, mm-hmm. and you had a framing sequence to all those stories. But what happened was none of the stories ever had anything to do with each other, because you had the little stories at all. And, like, the story of, like, uh, the guy who has to drive the body out to Las Vegas Dex could be a really cool the fact that page he, story. But Ten, I thought yeah. that, I mean, you could, like I said, it felt to me like 100 bullets, because all of a sudden I felt like... Oh, the bartender's involved with that, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. The, vol- the bartender's yeah, involved the bartender, with the body. I, I didn't even the- realize the bartender was a kind of a bad guy until yeah. Yeah. And like you know, that, later on. You would have taken that but They never story. paid off that yeah. part of it. Yeah. And you just do an issue of that. And like I said, all of a sudden you have, you have a mystical, magical, 100 bullet style thing where it's just one-off stories that kind of tie together in an overall magical sense. This being as short as it was in three prestigious issues and... Low being definitely somewhat masturbatory in what he wanted to write and also trying to halfway tell a story, just all in the end, the good idea got lost well, yeah. and, and it, it just all some, fell apart. But at the same time, there's some, I think, just absolutely amazing turns of phrase in oh, some yeah. of the Oh, he's talking like the 90s. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's and... just some great stuff in there, too. And I felt the same way about, I mean, at one point, about three quarters through the book, because I started to notice things that. Pacello kept laying throughout the book, 
you know, over and over All again. All the words at the bottom? We're, well, the the one that pointed out there was like the, the half moon with the eye in it. That's mm. throughout the entire book, and I didn't, I didn't catch it until like almost at the end. Mm-hmm. And then I went back, I'm like, oh my god, that's everywhere in this book. There's a half moon on the scarf. Here's, here's, one, of my, here's one of my favorite lines, uh, and they're talking about Blue, and it says, uh, we knew virtually nothing about him other than he is a good soul, of which it's there everywhere. are far too few, but more than you know. Yeah, I, I mean, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there was tons moments. of stuff exactly like that. Like I did enjoy, and and I'm the first person to say that I don't love Jeff Loeb's writing a whole lot. I don't necessarily go ape shit over every he's time. Kind, he he's a, kind of the quintessential uh, hit or miss yeah. writer for me. And so there was parts of this right th- sequence. I fucking just. I mean, it was, and it's just. With the record, I just fucking love yeah. that. Yeah. There was times I think with the artwork to me that like go back one. He is awesome at that stuff. Like this way, yeah. there was a there was the panel. I wish I had a page number, but uh, the bartender is going to light Mrs. White's cigarette. Yeah, and when she's looking down at her cigarette and she looks up at the flame, he cuts to a panel that's under underlaid under the other panels, and it almost feels like you're watching a quick David Fincher edited part of a movie right. where and she sees I mean. and then it cuts back. What I thought, I mean, I don't know what you were thinking when I when I say that this is his most experimental. I think that he was really he was going outside the box. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I think you shouldn't do that with this kind of crazy kind complicated of story. story that makes no sense. It I made mean, it too complicated. All you're going to do is make it even more confusing. You know, uh, the a lot of things I liked, uh, you know, it would, he did the same thing with the that the last death series that he worked on. He had lots of tiny panels that were, you know, where he was doing the same sort of thing, but because that story was more straight ahead, it was so much more entertaining for me to right. read. Where as this, it's just this like whole thing. I only own these books so I can look at the artwork. Right? Well, I really like the. I love the flashback sequences, but I also find it sort of annoying that this. the flashback sequences are told and in prose. a style that is almost com- like 180 degrees away. Like because really, I, I, you know, that's, I that's interesting. Th- that's actually one of the things I thought. Worked I found it to book. be very powerful because it was so drastic. But was, I didn't like at the end though that I felt like I was dicked around by it. A little bit when she was like, "Oh, I'm just playing with you." you know? Oh, like, well. Yeah. Do you think her story? Then I mean, did you in the end think that that story was not true? Then? Well, no, but it leaves it open to that. I felt like I felt like reading this that every once in a while I was like, "Oh, hey, here's this." I felt like this was either one trade or 64 three-page issues. <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, like where all of a sudden I would get to the oh, here's the four pages where it's a flashback, right. and then all of a sudden it's the page. But that's this, I think. See, I think that, that comes down to I don't attribute that to the art as much as I attribute yeah. that to the writing. Well, whoever and him fucking like it being so goddamn choppy that you didn't know when to expect to get to a flashback page. Well, and whenever I mean I like the parts. I love his sequence of how it shows her getting hypnotized, and then mm. it was sort of a clue that the flashback sequences were coming. Right. But then I'd read them, and I'd be like, okay, okay, we get to the end. And then you get to the end. But the weird thing was nothing... You know, to me, what really bothered me was it felt like things were transitioned well into. You would see mm-hmm. the flashback coming, but then like every time you get to the end of flashback, you just end up someplace else. And it was never right. you were never drawn out of that. Like, you get to the end of this flashback. And well, that one a little the, bit. The flashback pages are some of the prettiest. They're pretty, pages. but I just the, the way, the way I he felt uses like a fabric and silhouettes to break. Well, when I because yeah. this is one of the first books that I think Chris did that visually, despite the script that he was working with, is I, I, I there's different senses I get when I'm reading a book. This was the first time an artwork made me feel cinematic 
things happening. Uh, the the way that he would, but without being t- drawn cinematically, right? That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like the fact that he will take five small panels and 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 zoom out to let you see because that makes me feel and like I said when she looks up at the flame I felt that weird thing that you when you watch a movie and and a character will have a quick moment of realization and and they'll do that weird editing where it just a quick flash and you see something in their mind yeah. and back to reality I've never seen anybody artistically in a comic book make me understand that yeah. just with a drawing and there was uh and, and with the the flashback sequences made me feel like the montage sequences you might see in a film where characters will run through a screen and and as that's happening uh, another image will fade into the screen as it's all sepia tone and I I really felt that artistically it was had the story flown better it could have even had better transitions uh, to match the writing I think there's less uh, I think there's less sort of mistakes in this than I mean to me I think they did way more of what they exactly wanted to do with this then maybe we're giving them credit for. I mean, especially Bicello's stuff. I think I think Bicello was, did exactly what he. Wanted. I think yeah. I think he did exact and and it wasn't like why well, it, it was maybe experiment experimental experimental. Thank you, experimental. Um, I mean, there's stuff in here. I, I'm just catching now that is is like layered mm-hmm. as stuff from Watchmen. Oh, yeah. As far as, like, I mean, visual cues of things that he just layers throughout the book. The use of the use of type in the in the borders, of the you know, at the bottom yeah. of the page along the sides. There's there's a whole little story that kind of goes along with this thing that that adds adds a mm. layer to it. I, I think they really wanted I the, to sort that. of give I the feeling of... I times, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was like, you know, because to me, I can see why, you know, I... Because I was like, oh, I'm going to read all of it. And I still felt I was like, yeah, you know. It felt like the rest of the book. Or I was like, oh, okay, it makes a sense. I felt with some of the writing on this is exactly what, uh, Sal, you were saying with the clutch. I thought that a lot of this story, it might have been exactly what he wanted to do, but I don't think exactly what he wanted to do was tell a good story. I think exactly what he wanted to do was put together a bunch of Oscar Wilde quotes. Like, <laughs> no, that's, yeah, yeah, that's I can, what I mean, yeah. though. That's what adds to the confusion because, I mean, even if you did, even if, if Chris did put all this, like, layer upon layer in the in the art where you could figure this out almost just visually, mm. it's almost like the writing is putting all these red herrings in it that you don't, like... But I think what that's... The, but I think that... I, I mean... I think that's what they wanted to accomplish, and it didn't necessarily lead for lend itself to a good A to B sort right. of story, yeah. or even just a good tale. But I think they wanted uh, to me because I got an amazing feeling of sort of um, I don't want, not confusion, but like like there was a mystery. There was yeah. something that there was nothing was explained to me in it. <laughs> Sometimes and that was okay. Purpose, sometimes, sometimes yeah. not. well, I don't know. I think more I think times was a, it was on purpose. I, I think, think that there, I, I agree with you, but I think I agree with both of you. I think that there was there was some purpose behind it, but also because of you know it's it's similar to like say writing a television show. You have forty five minutes to tell your story, and with this, there was a certain amount of pages to tell a story, and I yeah. think you can almost tell there was times where you would get to a part, and definitely the last issue. 
the last prestigious issue in the trade, it felt like all of a sudden a lot of things are getting thrown together because maybe we didn't have enough time or we didn't have as many right. pages I mean, like, as we thought. The example of the fact is that it opens with that murder and it ends with that murder, but there's no significance to the murder. Yeah. Like, what, what do any the of murderer? us care? Yeah. Who's the well, Who's getting well, we, murdered? Well, yeah, like, we know someone gets murdered and... Yeah. But it doesn't That's matter. That's why I say, like, this like, no, I think it, it looks... It the murderer looks was really the, nice. Was the kid you know? who was dumping the body. Yeah, but it, why? But what does that matter? Because he owed the money. But what does that matter at all? Well, there's no I just wanted more time. time. And there was, yeah. like, for me, this was one of, like, usually I read a book and I just don't like it, or I really like it. Uh, this was one book that I just felt like it, there were seven pieces of it that I loved and nine pieces that I just felt, what'd you do? And, <laughs> yeah, and yeah it's definitely. Like, I thought that, that at, at the heart of it is a fantastic idea. And 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 fantastic hints at good characters. That, yeah. Well, that yeah, that's what that's what makes me ultimately end up hating a book. That's <laughs> a great idea. Damn it! When when you see something that's great there, and then you see the person that's telling the story screw it up, and it just makes me mad because it's just like I could love this book. And you're not letting me. God damn you. Well, I get mad, but I hate books that Man. have terrible ideas and are written very poorly. Well, those, so I hate those. Those don't, those. Yeah. 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 Those don't even register. Yeah. Those don't go into yeah, the equation. Make, it does make me mad when I see such a good idea because then I want to swoop and be like... You'll. This would make a great... You could take these Wiccans and you can make a fantastic, ongoing, like limited mm-hmm. horror series. Yes. Like, every couple of years... Uh, like you could come up with three prestige issues a year. You could, I, you know, I would even think the prestige issue might not work necessarily no, it's for this. Too small. It's <laughs> you got to do be, a graphic novel. You could do a graphic novel. OGNs. You could do. Oh, you could also do if you have a good ten-page story. You could put out a single issue that has two good one. You know, like no. the format, the framing sequence. You can tell whatever length story you want to tell. It, you it know? needs to be a webcomic. I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> yeah, that, it needs um, to just be told before to the end. this. Like a I. I never really had an appreciation for Chris Bocello's work. Really? After, really? Before this? Yeah, I never really did. I, 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 uh, Mike and I have talked about him a million times over. I love the guy. Yeah. I, I don't think he's the greatest narrative ever, but I mean, the, there's nobody... Well, that was, I mean, I love panel. his bartender. That was the problem I, I always had with this, because I would oftentimes have problems deciphering what was going on in the page. But that's my problem with the book. Well, I think that the reason that I the reason that like I liked this so much was that I, it was almost I almost sort of gave up yeah. like trying to it's like right. you know what I don't care if I understand this story or not I'm going to continue I have right. to finish reading it mm-hmm. but the stuff I love about the art in the story is I, and know, there was I'm enough things in it yeah. and some of the sometimes when he has all those tight panels sometimes the panels bleed into each yes. other and yeah. then sometimes they don't and yes. sometimes and sometimes do it'll again. go diagonal yeah just very much Watchmen I mean it's like what, you, what I've yeah, seen it's Watchmen it's where it's one way co- deeper like this than panel will go down and forth and see but yeah it's, it doesn't I mean this whole thing I mean there's different between this, and this plays out Alan throughout Moore the entire book. This sort of image here: it's blood before it's gum, and then it's blood again mm-hmm. later. I mean, it just keeps playing out or over and over the, again. The flashback sequences with the use of the scarf. Oh yeah, the scarf turns is into a, a road. It turns. But the, the, the scarf is telling you where to start at the page, yeah. and it, end, when yeah. you follow the scarf, it's like there's no panels on this page. It's a I montage. An follow the scarf. I done in the flashback. I just oh, it wasn't beautiful. three pages in it. I love the page uh, with the with bells. The bells. The, yeah. I thought that was just yeah. awesome. Can't and, unring a bell. Um, that was a good. It's a beautiful yeah. failure. 
Yeah. 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 That's a great way to put it. Uh, but this is one of those, and and like I said, I picked this comic because it was a comic that I I absolutely love the art and absolutely love the fact that I wanted to love it. Like the whole book as a whole. And there's something in my mind that I keep trying to talk myself into, like, just... Maybe it Whereas was good. Like, um, maybe you're not remembering maybe it, it right. Maybe it was really good. Oh, you know, like the moments. scenes of like Dexter at the roulette wheel. You know, awesome. like these great two-page sequences. You know, which you and know, then she's great. feeding an elephant. Yeah, there, yeah. But even then, if they would have had more time, you could have jumped to the spots where like you could have. You know, because I like the fact that they were always around animals, and it yeah. mentions really quickly. Too bad it's at the end. It's near the yeah. end of the story when they find because you're always going. Why the fuck are they always sitting with gorillas and elephants and shit? I want somebody and then to the go. And they finally go. You know, it's like oh, they're wicked. They want to be around. The only place that they can be around Earth and animals in New York is Central Park Zoo. I want somebody to go through this and count how many crescent moons are in this thing. Nine million. Yeah, I think there are like nine million crescent. I mean, just over and over again and. Uh, he just keeps putting it in there, and well, in ways that it's like, oh, you don't even notice it. Designs at and patterns are something that Chris puts in yeah. all yeah. of his work. all his books. If you go back to Generation X days, yeah. he, you know, he was one of those guys that started to do photocopies of stripe patterns yeah, and the X's patterns. And I mean, you look in the backgrounds. I mean, he's drawing yeah. all these yeah. the wallpaper and stuff. It's yeah. all about pattern. All about. He's a designer, man. He's yeah. an artist. I yeah. mean, it's and and I I can understand why. There's times when people get confused by Chris's stuff, and I think, I mean, there's sometimes I'm confused by it, but usually it's either Chris is working on a book that I don't necessarily enjoy reading, so I'll just look at it anyway. But I think that he is a, a guy in comics that is that walks a, a good line of being an artist and bringing an artistic well, yeah, composition. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and this isn't the most confusing I've ever read of his. I mean, I reserve that for steampunk. But right. <laughs> yeah. I actually found this to be the the least confusing. I thought this was the cleanest version of Chris that I've seen. I Even to his, I would probably. I would probably. The Death miniseries. What's that? The what? Death miniseries. Mm-hmm. I would put the more last of the, one. I thought that was. Oh, great. I didn't read the second. I would put one. more uh, of the confusion it. just on the writing than on the art. Yeah. Like I felt like the writing was just really. Yeah, just I, so I, jump I honestly didn't yeah. have that many um, moments in this. Where I, I was confused by the art, but there has been times in the past with his work, and other guys sort of in the same vein of his stuff. Even Scotty's stuff, to some degree. There's times where I, you know, I don't know, you know, <laughs> what's going on. But um, but I really, I, I mean, I did love a lot of the. Like I said, to me, it was weird because there were there were enough amazing things in here that I couldn't say I didn't like Beautiful it. Beautiful failure. But yeah. Um, well, we do have uh, oh some uh, some. I do have an email listener feedback about the the picks. The picks. This is Fuck uh, you guys from having <laughs> No, no, this is a uh, Mario Muscar emailed he's, uh, us. He's a, Mario, yeah, he's a, he was uh, on professional geek. Yeah, he was on Beauty and the Geek. Some of you may know him from there, but he emailed us and wanted to. On he said, uh, <laughs> "Just thought I would share my thoughts with you guys about the October selections. Feel free to share these on the show if you want." Okay, first he started with Open Range. First, let me say that I do not care for Kevin Costner. I typically hate all his movies he appears in or has directed except for The Untouchables. I dislike him so much that when Open Range arrived in the mail from Netflix, my wife said, Kevin Costner? Are you kidding me? Uh, You were going to watch a Costner movie? Thanks to Scotty, yes I am. And I like Robert Duvall and Western, so I tried my best to go into the movie with an open mind. Here's my running commentary as I watch the movie. Bad start. One minute into the film, I saw that... 
Koob from Parker Lewis Can't Lose was a member of the cast. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I know. Moe's. He, I love Moe's. Why is that a negative, Mario? Yeah, I know. He Parker was, Lewis is the motherfucker. Yeah, I know he was on ER, but I still think of him from that show. Uh, 20 minutes in, bored as hell, pretty much on par for Coster, in my opinion. 22 minutes in, and I see why Scotty likes this movie. It's got Gandalf in it. <laughs> 38 minutes, Duvall is badass. 39 minutes, Coob is dead. Good call. 46 minutes, I <laughs> hate... hate freedom. <laughs> must, must eat. I hate when Costner talks. 47 minutes, stop talking. 53 minutes, Elmo's friend Mr. Noodle is screaming about something. Too bad he got the AIDS and died. One hour, ten minutes, Entertainment Weekly's holiday movie preview issue is pretty... Uh-oh, I mean, Coster looks pissed. One hour, 31 minutes, I hate Scotty. One hour, 58 minutes, Expolarmus. I have no idea what that means. Two hours, still bored. Two hours, ten minutes, it's over, no wait, oh, not a- yet. Expelliarmus. It's Expelliarmus. A, uh, oh, it's, it's a, a Harry, Harry Potter, Potter spell. How oh, did he sorry. miss the, uh, the f- gunfight that lasted for 40 fucking minutes? <laughs> Two hour, well, it wasn't funny to talk about that. Two hour, uh, ten minutes, it's over, no wait, not yet. Two hour, fourteen minutes, now it's over, thank God. Well, did it wow. change my opinion of Caster movies? Nope, still sucks. Scotty is wrong next. I'm still <laughs> watching. <laughs> That's, still That's crazy. I know. Uh, now I moved on to The Witching Hour. He said, uh, I bought this in single issues when it originally was released and didn't really care for the story. The art is fantastic, though, but I am biased because I am a huge Vicello fan. Uh, I am in the camp of thought that says a comic with good art but a somewhat poor story is worse than one with a good story and somewhat poor art. So this didn't do it for me on the second read-through. Uh, Clutch, this is what this month was about. While this album is not new to me, as I'm a big Clutch fan, it was enjoyable to sit down and listen to it with a critical eye. This album is great. My only complaint is that it is definitely produced a little more than previous albums, and it may lose some of the Clutch charm that I discovered when I first heard oh, their self-titled album he likes the old stuff. over ten years ago. Good pick. So I guess I, Clutch charm. Uh, he finishes up by saying, so I guess I only like Scotty's music choice. Please, Scotty, suggest more music to me and keep away from the Costner movies in the future, Mario well, Musk. Do, I'm picking Waterworld. Fuck you, Mario. <laughs> I'm, picking, I'm picking Waterworld. Yeah, and my so next pick's gonna be my next pick's gonna be the Postman. <laughs> oh, We're only picking Costner. Yeah. This is the Costner Club. <laughs> we can do that for like three years. There's Fandango enough of them. Hey, oh, Fandango is an awesome movie. movie. Wait till I pick Tin Cup, motherfucker. Oh. Oh. And Bull Durham is my favorite baseball movie. I like Costner. God, I can't wait till we all watch Young Frankenstein. Oh. There's not many Costner. Oh, I love Young Frankenstein. There's not many Costner movies that. I didn't like. I uh, like me Kevin too. Kester. I don't know. I think he's a Mr. Pit. Brooks. We talked about that. I, you Mr. know Brooks, what? I'll yeah. tell you what. I don't like Postman. I didn't like Postman. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Loved people, it. People went crazy, hated it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't. Mike doesn't like, like post-apocalyptic it. stuff, though, right? I but did. That's not the reason I don't. Whatever. Like Whatever. <laughs> drop it. We're not. Th- this episode's done. There were. Yeah, there we're were, done now. There were things in uh, Waterworld that I liked. I like overall. Waterworld. Do you? I do. Really? Uh, I, I, it's there really, were things in it that you know I like. That movie is. That movie feels like a six-hour epic. I watched that, I watched that movie and did not Christ, understand why everybody uh, hated it. The same way that Scotty so feels long. about every Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah. I, tell you I what like Postman better than Waterworld, and I still like Waterworld. I like Waterworld. Waterworld would be okay if they cut out about 45 minutes of like you know, constant water ski fights. You know why Waterworld, like, everybody thinks it's cool to hate Waterworld? Because... It was so expensive and yeah. didn't make any money. The, the hype yeah. against Waterworld yeah. was the hype against hating Waterworld was started before the movie even came out. Because it was so yeah. expensive. It was so yeah. expensive. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a classic well, well, piling on yeah, movie. Yeah. It, it was, still had uh, some cool things in it. It was awesome. It was just uh, cut, out, cut out a lot of the water ski fights. Awesome. Yeah. 
I don't, really, I don't know if I could jump on that bandwagon, uh, but I I awesome. watched it one afternoon on TBS <laughs> with my friends, and with commercials, I swear to God, that movie lasted four hours, and at one point, a, my friend turned to me and goes, we're two and a half hours, how much longer is this movie? And I'm like, there's a lot to go, man. We still you want to know how much longer it is? Awesome, that's how long. We still have three awesome. more water ski fights over gas. <laughs> All right, well, that's our first that's uh, the club. club. Show so there you go. DC, not affiliated. I think with the that band. was some uh, that was some good discussion. Yeah, tonight. absolutely yeah, good picks, Scotty. Time. I think it, uh, it. So we unveiled it the new picks. Let's just yeah, go and in the club. That was a good. That good was it. Yeah, We're done with the club. And it's Scotty got his one. Movies and books. <laughs> he doesn't want to read anybody else's shit. All right, guys. I have, I'm glad to have me back alive. <laughs> yes, it's good yeah. to see you. I'm, Eating Yakov Smirnoff didn't keep you in Branson. Oh, we, I rolled with him for a little while. Good old Yakov. <laughs> in Soviet Russia, the fly eats you. <laughs> you actually do? You, have you seen him before? Live? No, uh, we went, uh, friends of my and I once discussed going to Branson specifically to see, to him, see him, and then we had. We realized what a what a huge. You had a moment of clarity. Was. Yeah, I had a moment of clarity. We're, we were all, we were halfway there, and I said, "What are we doing? Let's turn back around and go." Home. Casey and I were about. We were very close to going to um, the Dixie Stampede, which is Dolly Parton's dinner theater. Oh, where you watch, I like, love Dolly. Hell but yeah. th- here's the thing. We were going to go because it's like a big rodeo show while you eat, which I'm sure the food's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> who doesn't like live yeah. horses and yeah. food? Yeah. Like, within Next to my minutes. whole chicken. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the country version. And the only uh, reason we didn't go is because they, and I was l- slightly pissed about this, they had already started the Christmas version of it. So it's wow. like uh, Halloween. Yeah, it was like uh, Jesus and stuff riding on horse and then the three wise men. And stuff. I wouldn't and be surprised if Dolly sneaks some Jesus stuff in all year. Long. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all year. But the, to already break up the Yuletide greetings. Is yeah, a bit, a bit early. Yeah, it was a bit early. For, in case you not, yeah, we were still in Halloween mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the leaves had barely started to change in Branson, so. To go and watch like three wise men while I had a you know a fucking lemonade with a roast roasted chicken, uh, <laughs> bit much. while with horse shit around uh, was yeah a little too much for me. So how, we, how, how did you end up in Branson? <laughs> anyway, we, we kind of touched on it. Anything yeah. south of Mason last week? Any road will lead to you to Branson. Branson. <laughs> yeah. But I know people are wondering out right. there what happened on this. Casey had Casey's firm uh, built a cabin. In uh, the mountains of Colorado, the bare hands, the whole and, group, and that sounds very cool. Yeah, and uh, you think that it's going to be at, like a resort, or at least near a resort town, it's ten by ten feet. Yeah, you think you're like, oh, it's going to be like a by a resort town, and it's going to be. We'll step outside onto the ski lift. You go, yeah, eat dinner and have stuff to do, and do some shopping and do some Maybe romantic stuff. Taking a show, yeah, something. Make love. Um, so <laughs> we. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um, it should happen. So we, we drive out there. We stop on the way. We, we cut the drive up and stayed in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, for a night. Um, that was just to break up the you drive. You didn't stay? No. <laughs> Not in Lincoln. town, isn't it? So we got to Colorado. We got to Denver. And, and I'm just like a little kid. Like, oh, look at the mountains in the back. It's so awesome. Beautiful. Casey's like, oh, it is beautiful. And we drive through Denver and we get to the bottom of the mountains outside of Denver, and we're like, oh, it's so, so beautiful. <laughs> Casey's like, I know, it's so beautiful. And then we drive up the road, we get off the main interstate, and now we're on just a regular road. And I'm still like, oh, it's pretty. Before it was beautiful, now it's pretty. And we're, we start driving up the it's road, okay. all of a sudden the clouds come, and Casey looks up. We're Now we're going up the mountain, right? Yeah. We're, we're driving up 
the side of the mountain. And Casey goes, oh, look, honey, look at the mist up there by the top of the mountain. Those are clouds. Yeah, and I said, honey, that's not mist, sweetie. That's cloud. <laughs> and uh, her knuckles went white. Uh, and all of a sudden... Uh, you can get above the clouds. Uh, the, the term that you learn in driver's ed, 10 and 2 was so hardcore put into practice by Casey from that point on. So, and there are, st- there are still molded hand grips oh God. into she the, was, into the Every wheel. five seconds she was wiping the sweat off her hands. She had a bit of the vertigo. A <laughs> little she, bit. Yeah, when she got that. So we're driving up the mountain, and we just keep going higher, and all of a sudden we hit basically a whiteout. Like, it's just snowing. Just fucking snowing like crazy. 65 degrees and sunny in Denver. Uh, 30 minutes up the mountain, it's blizzarding. Red rum. Yeah, I'm already thinking, uh, I got an axe, and I'm going to chase it through the maze. I'm already feeling fucked up. So Casey, at this point, is freaking out. Uh, We literally are, we get over this one hump, and we're heading downhill a little bit, and it's, the road's so covered in snow, and Casey can't see in front of her, that she almost comes to a stop in the middle of the road. Now, there's other cars on this road. And she just looks at me, kind of having a slight bit of a panic attack, and goes, what do I do? And I said, there's not a lot of options. We have to drive forward, because we will get smashed in the back. Hey, yeah. woman! So we find and find a little place to stop off so she can breathe and relax for a minute. And uh, anyway, we, we go up the mountain. Finally, through the snow, we're a nervous wreck. We just keep climbing and climbing and climbing. Finally, we climb above the weather. Uh, we're above the snow at this point. We top one of these mountains, and we're there's something into worse than snow. Yeah, which is mentally <laughs> yeah. just fucks every type of brain cell you have up. Like, why am I above the weather? That's for planes. Yeah. Now, for now planes this place up. is eleven thousand. Eleven thousand feet. By the time we got to the to the quote unquote town that our cabin was outside of. By town, I mean four buildings. Uh, and Alma is the highest town in the U.S. Um, so it's 11,000 feet where the cabin was. Yeah. It was about three miles of gravel road up another mountain to get to our our cabin. Yeah. So we get to the cabin. Right when we get up to the cabin, the road's covered in snow. I have to get out and push the car into the driveway because it's sliding down the hill. That'll why, happen. But why weren't you helping Casey with the driving? Oh, because I don't have a driver's license. Oh, I just want to throw that one out. There. I'm sure yeah. a helicopter would have swooped down. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have a driver's yeah, so, uh Excuse me, sir. Are you driving? <laughs> so Casey and I, I believe in the law, Caters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> law Tax law. man. Love all else. Tax yes. man. Compliance. And uh, if we die, I want to be able to go to hell and blame on her. Um, she was driving. Yeah, bitch. Uh, so we get into the cabin and we bring our, our suitcase and stuff in and by the time we get in, uh, I can't breathe. For people that don't know, 11,000 feet is no fucking that's joke. High. That's yeah. high. Yeah. That's high up in this. That's yeah. up there. That's yeah. up there. Yeah. People say, oh, altitude's crazy and I'm like, yeah, whatever, you're, you know, whatever, I'll be cool. No, I'm not cool. Uh, it takes you 45 minutes to boil water. Oh, it's crazy. Crazy fucking talk up in there. <laughs> I'm in the place, uh, A, I've never heard anything so goddamn silent. We live in Chicago, right? You don't, there's there's not a moment You could shoot a gun five feet away from me while I'm sleeping, and I'm pretty sure I would sleep all the time. And and there's always light. It's never dark here. Yes, there's always light, there's always sound. We get there, we've got all types of manner of fucking animal tracks that we've never fucking seen. I could have been the goddamn Jabberwocky for all I know. I don't know. Could have been a skunk ape. (laughs) (laughs) So Casey's freaking out about the animal tracks. She's freaking out. If it keeps snowing, we're never going to get the fuck out of here. What are we going to do? There's no goddamn grocery stores. 
didn't bring any food. We thought well, there'd be a grocery well, store. You hunt for your food out there. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't bring a bow or there a gun. There, there wasn't a house There was a sign on a building that said, there was a sign on the building that said, uh, close till April. <laughs> it's fucking October. Uh, so we're like, okay, this is not good news. So we try to fake it that night. Like, we're like, oh, this is cool and romantic. <laughs> yeah. This is cool. Yeah. And romantic. Yeah. So we're trying to watch a movie. I mean, we're, you said you literally couldn't walk like 10 feet without No. You can't sit. I mean, it's not even about exertion. And Mike will tell you, he's been a. It's not even about physical exertion. That'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Sitting on the couch watching a movie every five minutes. <laughs> no movie. <laughs> Uh, I laid in bed. Casey finally was so tired she just fell asleep. I laid in bed for four hours on and off a fucking oxygen tank trying to get my head straight. My head's pounding from the pressure and I'm not being able to catch my breath. And I'm like, this is this sucks. Happy vacation. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I, I'm so glad I'm going to do this for nine days. I wonder how many peanut butter and jelly sandwich variations I can make. And a mile away, a, mile away, a Sasquatch is washing the cabin. Yeah. Just going, yeah. Like you both freak. Uh, what was that? What was that? Right. You look outside and you just see all the eyes. Uh, yeah, it was just fuck. So we wake up in the morning. Now we get when we wake up in the morning sun and right outside of our porch window and we walk out on the porch. Beautiful vista of this giant fucking mountain peak. Now part of the part of you is saying, "Oh, how beautiful," and the other part of you is saying, "Why the fuck is there something that big in front of me?" <laughs> I wish it, it could be crushed. I wish I could crush it. It was it was snowing so hard. Is, it was the wind was blowing so hard you could see the fucking snow gusting off the top of this peak of mountain. Like, what is this? I don't understand this. I need a building, right? Concrete somewhere. You Man, you were it, living yeah. into the wild. Oh, it was fucked up. I'm so you came back. We sat there for a little bit, and we're again we're trying to play it off in the morning. And I think about simultaneously, both said, "We don't like this. This is not fun." <laughs> Vacation was supposed to be fun for Enjoyable. us. Maybe Enjoy. we're just not mountain people, right? <laughs> Maybe we're city people, and we need to see other people. Well, you know that about yourselves now. Yeah. You learned a lesson. Uh, but, well, not, yeah, Branson was an... Uh, and that's going to be awesome when I get to that. We're gonna, so this finally, is like a whole separate podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so fi- and I'm going to speed it up. Finally, we go... Uh, we said, fuck it, let's get the hell out of here. We just looked at the map on Google and said, oh, we're close to New Mexico. Uh, Casey's parents have been to Santa Fe before. At this, so point, at this point, you have to feel like a billion yeah, miles. Seven away. hours. You have to feel like a, a billion <laughs> miles away from New Mexico. Well, that, well if, when you're at 11,000 feet in the air, uh, Florida is very close to you. In your mind. You, you, you should have seen my face. Yeah. Say, oh, we're close to And then in my mind, I'm like looking at the map of the United States like, <laughs> it's, it's seven hours is not well, that this far. Is, I mean, he called in he the called western me. half of the United States. Everything is near each other <laughs> yeah. because nothing is near anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, everything is a day we, drive. Right. Yeah. We get the fuck out of there and we drive to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we're just like, oh, this is great. We see people. <laughs> best Buy. Yeah, <laughs> as soon as we got down to Denver, I, hope, look, I hate old people. Yeah. As soon as we got down to Denver. The first thing we saw was the Best Buy. I just said, pull the fuck over. <laughs> pull the fuck over and let's go into this place. I know this place. Wow. And, and we go to Best Buy. Because we were just like, this is crazy. Well, you were Casey, saying when I talked to you, because I talked to you a couple days right. after, once you were in, in New Mexico. Mexico. I heard him cracking up in the right. office. Yeah. <laughs> when you Scotty's call. in New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, he calls me and he's like, 
I'm like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? Yeah. It's like, I'm calling you from a hotel in New Mexico. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> How the fuck did that <laughs> happen? Reporting in from the road. <laughs> well, no, I just called him. Like we should have We're freaking out. We want to make sure we were but, still on the planet. I mean, you were saying that, I mean, it was like. You doing remotes from car dealerships <laughs> you were, the You were sort of like. <laughs> I'm at a new Olympia. Almost like freaking out because it was so, like, almost alien to you Yeah, guys. it was like an alien. It, it was. Now, people who are from there and around there are probably very, very used to it, and they and probably, probably think that I'm a little... all of us in battle. Yeah. <laughs> their superhuman ability Yeah, their super blood, the red blood cell count. Yeah. Uh, for me, in Casey, it was true... I mean, we, we've lived in... Uh, I've lived in Tennessee for a little for a couple of years. Casey's lived in Illinois her entire life. Not many um, people know that Casey actually lives in a... Uh, like a submerged thing of water. Right. You can't live above, like, uh, gr- uh, you know, sea level. Right. Yeah, not many people know that. No. Which is why this trip was risky. Some <laughs> people would say it was risky. an adventure. Yeah, it, it was, was an adventure. adventure. You experiment sometimes. Yeah. You mix things up. So, uh, anyway, we go to New Mexico, have some great fucking food. I buy a bull skull. Because uh, that's what you that's do. That's what you fucking do when you go to Mexico when you're supposed to stay in Colorado and you get scared like a little bitch and drive to New Mexico. Yeah, and they, give you, they give you a coupon for it as you leave yeah, the Colorado. You buy a bull like, skull. So hey, thanks, little Lander. Here you go. We, uh, Pick up a skull. Go find an iguana. Uh, the drive is beautiful there. We got the bull skull. Then we're like, uh, where else the fuck can we go? We're not going to stay here for the, all these days. So we're like, let's just turn this into a crazy around the road trip, but try to swing us back up somewhere close to Illinois. And so we're just trying to throw things around. Casey wanted to, to go to Gatlinburg because I'm from I've lived in Tennessee and Gatlinburg is the shit. Uh, pretty close. And and Casey <laughs> said and I said and I said Gatlinburg's a little too far. And Casey goes, Branson's like a low rent version of Gatlinburg. For it's for old crackers. Yes. <laughs> so we decided. Uh, Andy Williams. <laughs> people for people who don't know either. White person vacation. For people who don't know Branson or Gatlinburg, yeah. they are riddled with go karts, putt putt, uh, gaudy ass <laughs> museums, crazy breakfast buffets. In comic book terms, there's probably like a stasis field over that entire city that doesn't allow you to ever travel faster than 30 miles per yeah. hour, no matter what could right. possibly, no matter what crazy situation comes right. up, you'll now, never get above did, that. Did speed. Branson used to be Silver Dollar City? Well, no, Silver Dollar, Silver Dollar City is, is the Silver. theme park there. Okay, so it's so we there. went to Branson, but but Silver Dollar City. Was kind of the main attraction, and then Branson has kind yes. of exploded into. The and there's a huge strip now. If, if yeah. people haven't been to Branson, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's blown the fuck yeah, it, up. It's the country version of Las Vegas yeah. without casinos. Yeah, it's very country driven. Yeah. Uh, so we drive there because Casey went there as a child and remembered it, and we thought, hey, you know what? We we went to the scary Colorado. We bought a <laughs> fucking bull skull. Now let's go to horrible. the cheesy fucking Ozark Mountains, right? <laughs> Well, we could deal with those mountains. You need the embrace of Andy Williams at that point. Not every part of the country. Now you grew up around mountains, but not the same kind of mountain. Yeah. <laughs> those are like big hills. Those, those are those are those are foot. The smoky the smoky mountains are big hills. Yeah, they're with bears in them. Um, so we get there. We get and, and stills. And what? And stills. <laughs> Whiskey stills. Oh. And Nash. <laughs> Mash. <laughs> so we uh, we get there. We go to uh, some cheesy-ass wax museum that kicked all types of ass. We went to some... Uh, is there a real completely place, believe it or not museum? Yeah, there is. Oh. We went to a completely... Nice. We went to a completely fake um, Titanic museum that all their exhibits would have a card in front of it. It's pretty cool shit, but all the card would, s- the card would say... 
something similar to this was was on the boat. <laughs> Very. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. That pictures, seems like a real pictures, a lot of pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> well, they had a they, the outside like a of crapshoot. The actual building was built like a scale version of the Titanic. The front part oh, of it in water. And I love places like in Wisconsin Dallas. There's an upside down building called Top Secret that doesn't nice. tell you what it is except that it's just upside down. This is upside down. Uh, so then we went to Silver Dollar City because that's all Casey wanted to do, um, and that's basically a theme park that's set in like the 1800s. So it's like the Wild Wild West. So it's like blacksmiths hammering shit and people making baskets and you can and, pet goats and shit and roller coasters. And roller, I don't do roller that. Coasters. I'm scared of roller coasters, brother. <laughs> I don't do that. It's too high. And why do I don't play. I don't yeah. can't breathe at the top can't of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had my height of fucking uh, height. I just want to go back to Illinois and I want to see empty cornfields. <laughs> And, uh, flat land. Flat land. So <laughs> that's how we ended up in Branson. We just we it, it kind of swung us back up. Then we drove up through St. Louis and back home. So, but you enjoyed yourself. Oh, it was a blast. We got to drive through. You know, the drive through New Mexico is beautiful. Uh, Oklahoma's kind of cool. Texas, not so much. Um, <laughs> we drove through there and then West Texas. Is and, uh, and and honestly, <laughs> Branson is beautiful. It is very very pretty there. Because it is on top of a, I don't like to call it a mountain now after what I drove through. <laughs> and for the people who live in Colorado up in the mountains, you're fucking retarded. Why do you live up there? They have dial-up. They grew they're they're they going to listen to this in like 15 years. They still, yeah, they still have cameras with birds in it. They chip in, uh, chipping away at stuff. And stone. they always look at you and go, this job sucks. Yeah. <laughs> click, 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 click. Yeah. <laughs> like the That's crazy. So, yeah, but, anyways, but Central so Missouri, was, uh, serious, it's uh, uh, billboard, billboard, trailer park. Billboard, billboard, billboard. Fireworks stand? Fireworks stand, trailer park. Line adult stand, bookstore. adult bookstore. Yeah, yeah baby. Oh, man, that's, yeah, right. baby. <laughs> that's the freedom we're fighting for, guys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The beautiful Americana. In Soviet Russia, the mountains can't breathe when they're on top of you. <laughs> what? Yakov Smirnov. Oh, Jesus. Was he in Heroes this last week? Was that Yakov Smirnov in Heroes? Uh, I, I just think everyone. If he was, was, that show has really gone downhill. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it might. Yeah. I mean, think of his career once the Soviet Union fell. Like, who cares? It's <laughs> not funny. You know? did, like, what does he do? Did you ever watch the, the Ben Stiller show when it was on yeah. way back when? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did a whole skit on on Yakov Smirnov post the uh, the fall of the Iron Curtain. And yeah. it was poor Yakov. A lot. Poor guy. Oh, we're glad Bad you're back, you. Scotty. It's I'm good. back. I'm glad, glad Casey's you made not it. back. I did kill her after <laughs> Ozarks. She's you hanging. Killed her she, yeah. Twenty minutes outside Chicago. <laughs> yeah. she, she's, she's hanging next next to the uh, the bull skull. Yeah. No. Oh no. shit! We're in Bolingbrook. Let me get the axe. <laughs> <laughs> I dumped her body in the back of the new oh, IKEA. Oh, we've made it all the way to the oil refinery. I gotta kill this bitch. We call that uh, the Exxon oil refinery. We call that Gotham City because at nighttime it looks <laughs> like Gotham it? City. Uh, you know, that's whenever we would drive into Chicago. Because you know, I, I grew up uh, really, actually, pretty close to Casey. Mm-hmm. And whenever you would drive to Chicago, you, you guys wears. hang out. You'd, you'd see the you'd <laughs> you see the fucking you'd, gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, we'd sell four spar. Yeah. So, uh, but, <laughs> uh, but we'd drive up here. Yeah, you'd see the oil refineries, and you always felt like that was like whenever you got to Chicago. Yeah. And it's like an hour yeah. outside of yeah. Chicago. It's not yeah, at you're all. You're not anywhere. Close. At this point now, when you see that, you go, "Oh, I'm leaving. I'm I'm out." <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Yeah. That's now like, you it's think on I'm going to be stuck in traffic for an hour. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so that's my fucking that's trip That's the story Yeah. Alright, uh, fuck mountains No more vacations now. Fuck mountains Next year, Hawaii No, so That's not. cool Now that we've been And now I hate the fucking ocean too For your lost nights 
I guess this river comes out somewhere, don't it? That's where we're going. Somewhere. Look, we, we don't want any trouble here. You know something? You're right. We're lost. I don't know where in the hell we are. Got a little pretty mouth, ain't you? That's the truth. You're going to do some praying for me, boys. And you better pray good. What the next club uh, is. next uh, is. next selections and I uh, uh, I'm actually really excited to uh, to unveil mine because I think talking the mic it is, how'd you get next I called dibs oh. he called dibs remember no, he's all like I got dibs you want what after are we, Chris or do I want six after Chris dibs <laughs> actually, I think I think he defaulted to you today, but you yeah, you can have it after. I I right, still okay. haven't made up my mind. I'm on only my picking stuff. holiday themed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that I I picked I picked three things that all are different facets of my personality. Um, you have three facets. I have at least three, <laughs> maybe four. Did they make facets. an album about Swiffer Jet? Uh, Swiffer Jet. Swiffer Jet. The, the little sweeper because he's like clutch. Maybe want to clean my house. I can't use Swiffer Jets because they're not good for your animals. What? Oh, oh Jesus! I yeah. use them all the time. My animals don't care. I shoot it into my dog's face. <laughs> I, I clean my dog, dog with them. <laughs> yeah. I'm swift your ass, dog. Uh, okay, my uh, my music selection is because I'm I'm kind of an old redneck at uh, at heart. This is the Drive By Truckers two disc concept two album. Disc, two, two disc. Two disc. Oh, what the fuck? Do I have a month. You of always got a goddamn. Pull out some weird shit and this, get a little extra. Don't this you? is it is it is a a southern rock concept album and it is called the Southern Rock Opera and it is by the Drive By Truckers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anytime the word opera is, like, I remember the hip hopera on MTV. <laughs> Carmen, <laughs> yeah. Well, can is, you hear me? This is this really is. Uh, it's a southern rock opera. It's a concept album about growing up in. Uh, don't tell us. In, tell us. In the southern don't part tell us how we're supposed to feel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Tell us okay. We'll, we'll, we'll listen to it. Okay. It's my copy. Drive, drive by truckers. What's, what's the movie? Uh, the movie is, and Scotty's going to love this because it's subtitled. Uh, I'm picking The Devil's Backbone. Or oh, Esperanza uh, del Diablo. I have that on my Netflix already. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm like. It is uh, uh, a brief description. It is a. Um, Kind of a period piece. It takes place in 1939 during the uh, Civil War in Boring. Spain. <laughs> it's also it's also a ghost story. That, awesome. <laughs> that takes place in an orphanage. Dope. 
with an undetonated bomb and comic books. I think the oh. Spanish Civil War is like the new hotness with movies. This is uh, Gu- I think Guillermo. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, he loves uh, it. Yeah, it's, and uh, keep making them. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Hellboy. Sort Thank of you. the unofficial prequel to Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, I mean, he talks about it a lot as kind of the precursor to Pan's yeah. Labyrinth. I love the Spanish Civil War because it was one of the few examples of when like people willingly went to go fought fascism when even their country. Well, I'm just that's that's for my history. Wow, podcast. that's exciting, what? Tom. Oh. What's your, that's uh, my what's your podcast called? What's the com- Dust, what? Dustin Thoughts. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> and my uh, my trade paperback selection. You to look it up. Is uh, I've got it here on screen. It is uh, Point Blank by uh, Ed Brubaker. It is by Sean um, Ed Brubaker oh, no. and Colin Wilson. Colin Wilson. Uh, oh. It is uh, Point Blank. Is the five issue prologue to. Uh, Sleeper. Ed, yeah, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' uh, Wildstorm series, Sleeper. It yes. Is, uh, it takes some uh, some uh, classic Wildstorm characters like Grifter and uh, and a few others and uh, drops them into a espionage conspiracy. Let's mix it up, fuckers. So there's the choices. Blank. And uh, that's for November, and we'll be talking about those at the end of November, or the first week of uh, December. Then, ring, right? ding, 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 ding. I love Christmas! <laughs> I'm only picking Christmas. Christmas. Christmas comic book. Last Christmas trade paperback. That's <laughs> the only one we Christmas know of. Vacation and, um, Christmas Vacation. Oh, and Rat uh, Pack Phil Christmas. Spector's Phil's. Christmas album. Oh, God. Phil Spector had a... He had a Christmas album? Yeah, he did. Was that I've before? got a chance around Christmas. I'll let you probably. Santa, get up on this! Huh. Under my nice. funky um, Christmas tree. Uh, <laughs> now would probably be a good time to also uh, to mention our sponsor. Mention our sponsor. <laughs> In Stock Trades is offering <laughs> this month's November's reading selection point blank to around comics listeners for an amazing 35% off the cover price. Get your copy today for only $9.72. Oh, yeah. You can now read Ed Brubaker's amazing five-issue prologue to the critically acclaimed Sleeper for less than 10 bucks. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. And remember that all orders over $50 ship fall free. Free? So free. join, join, grab that and join us. And you know, I, you know, I didn't really... Mario had sent, an e- sent us an email, and I'm glad he did, but we never really requested anyone else's thoughts no, we said we, actually we did. We said if you'd like to, that's why we now then said if yeah, you'd like to come on and yeah, we may read it. If yeah, if you want to, if you want to, uh, on the forum or yeah, or we'll uh, have a thread about this or email us at the end yeah. of the month, we'll yeah. we, we may pick some and read them yeah. also. Yeah. So because I thought Go that was the forum. Yeah. That was pretty cool of Mario, a uh, kind of. Oh, he was just having fun. With whatever. Us. Not everybody's gonna like what you hey, like. Whatever, man. Beauty and the Geek. <laughs> oh man, everyone's gonna love Young Frankenstein when I pick. That. I love Young Frankenstein. Uh, you know what? You can also uh, go online and digitally lick Chris's taint. I think he used that one already. Did I? Yeah, I think that's a reach. Ah! You can do. Come on. You, can go you guys memorize everything I say. You can no, go online. I do. And you can lick and taint. Chris sticks is, in my mind. Chris is out in the internet cold, and you can bring him inside and hold him, and then fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him in the eyeball. Yeah. Fuck him warm. You know how you do that? I'm feeling violent. Scotty, how here. do you fuck him in the eyeball? Uh, by leaving an iTunes review. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so thank you uh, for fucking Chris in the eyeball, G Fanrick, and thank you for fucking Chris's other eyeball, T R McGillicuddy and J T Ford and Dan Walsh. Watched. Ooh, they fucked each other's eyeball and sent pictures to Chris. And they looked at Chris's eyeball while he was. Eating <laughs> wow, good time. Good lord. 
It was Halloween. That was a horror. I just got done with Halloween. That was like a horror I I, I feel violated more and more you should. each episode when you come up you with You know what would make you feel better? By supporting the Hero Initiative. Oh. They yes. do not fuck people in the eyeball. No, they don't. <laughs> oh. But, if, but if, oh. Steve, if Steve Ditko oh. were to get fucked in the eye, they would help him out. So we are proud to help support the Hero Initiative. <laughs> Hero creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators who need emergency medical aid, financial support for essentials of life, and an avenue back into paying work. It's a chance for all of us to give back something to the people we have given us. Pull up our site. Oh, so much enjoyment. For more information, visit www.heroinitiative.org or call 310-909-7809 and ask for Charlie. Remix! And you can also join our friends of the program. Uh, go to our website where you can download and print on our LCS Challenge flyer. Ask your comic shop manager or owner if they will display it in their store. If they do, send us an email. We'll mention you and the store on the show as well as post it on our site if you come to the front of the program today. And I'd like to mention uh, the Zone Comics at 18063 Dixie Highway. The Zone. Homewood, yeah. Illinois, 60430. That was in. The zone. I told you. That was sent in by Rick, aka Ripper Six, on the forum. Ripper Six in the zone. Ripper owns you. He zones your ass. (laughs) So go to our website and become a friend of the program, just like Ripper Six. Ripper Six put fuck Chris in the eyeball in the zone. Jesus. I got Christ. zoned. I'm gonna need a new wow. prescription for my glasses I think after zoned. that. We're still rolling. Oh, are we recording? Uh, uh, I'd like to roll. say, I'd like to thank Mark Beatty at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles and uh, for hosting us as always. Mr. Mike Norton for dropping by and making his presence known. Thank Bringing you, me sir. a pie. Norton. Mike brought me a lemon pie today. Lemon showed pie. Up. We'll call him Mike Nortzone. I, I love showed you, up, Mike. Showed up in his in his Adam shirt. I stepped knee deep into pie zone. All of a sudden, I'm eating pie, and I'm just, I'm smiling like a goddamn idiot. I'm having a great time. Eating pie, drinking beer, talking about movies and comics. I just want to hug the shit out of everyone. <laughs> Jesus. Let's end this now. What the? One drink with Franco Harris, and uh, yeah. you fucking Mr. He's, Happy. He's strong. Caters is going taper on us. Let's end this. <laughs> for Tom, Franco Harris dies pie for Tom... For Scotty Young, and for Brian own. Salazar, I'm Christopher Neesman. Have a great rest of your week and weekend. We'll be back again on Monday with uh, the Around Comics comic book, uh, what do we Jesus call it? Christ. With Around Comics. Audio magazine. Comic Show culture podcast. Railing as ah! we speak. Oh, I can't Holy derail. Shit. Just we didn't even really drink much. God damn, what the hell happened? I we're did. high on oh, pie. Oh, yeah, you were hammered at Gibson. Uh, hammered yeah. zone. We we're high on pie. <laughs> All right, everyone, have a great uh, weekend. Weekend. We'll be back on Monday. In the weekend, weekend. Meantime, meantime, we'll be everywhere in in and around comics. Bye. Oh, nice. Goodbye. Boo. This is my voice. like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the contact us section of our website. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. 
Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time when the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same, bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2007. All rights reserved. Love you, baby. Yeah.